Hey devs, you're tuning into the debug log number 110. <laughs> yes, we are kicking off 2021 in a brand new and exciting way. We are going visual. <laughs> For the last four plus years, we've been delivering audio podcasts on Spotify, on all your favorite streaming services, but now we are moving to video. Uh, and now you can get us not only on Spotify and Amazon and Apple Podcasts, but also on YouTube and through our website. So it's a brand new time for us. We're excited. Hope you're excited. But in today's episode, we are talking about best practices in remote game development. So that's all things that we've kind of learned over the past year or so about dealing with remote game development. We kind of impart some of the challenges and kind of the the learnings that we've had over this past year. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Uh, So sit back, relax and enjoy the first video edit of the debug log episode 110. All right. That was a nightmare. (laughs) That was a nightmare. (laughs) What a couple of divas. That was funny. It was. I think it it would be fun to have the video and stuff on there. You're listening to the Debug Log, a podcast about game development. My name's Lavino Parra. My name's Andrew Curry. And I'm Ryan Kilgore. And as you can see, this is the first time you're seeing our faces, which is crazy. We're Don't doing touch that tile. <laughs> Don't turn it off. Don't touch that. It's funny. I'm pretty sure people were like, oh my God, God. He's, he's black? Yeah. <laughs> he's black. Oh, this is the first time they're hearing our voices and putting it into a face, which is crazy. Uh, but yeah. Nothing else has changed outside of seeing our faces. We're still the same Ryan. We're still the same Andrew. Still the same Obina. I don't know what screen we're on, but we're still here. Uh, and today we're talking about best practices in remote game development. That is, you know, I feel like over the years, or over this past year, we've all become like experts in working from home. So what we're going to do is talk about kind of the challenges and kind of how we've overcome those challenges, or maybe we haven't overcome all of the challenges, but in working remotely. Uh, so to kick things off, uh, let's just start, I guess, ask both of you guys, what are some of like, the main common or challenges that you guys experiences over the past year? Because I mean, you know, after hearing your CEO say, hey, Andrew, Ryan, you know, for the next, I mean, for me, it was like the next month we're gonna be working, or next two months we're gonna be working from home and then we'll get back to the right. office. But then it turned out to be, hey, the next year you're gonna be working from home. So what are some of the challenges you guys have run into? Well, I guess the first one was just the adjustment. I get I, I'm more um, think about when it first happened, right? Um, like just getting your mental mentally prepared for like, yeah, this is a long haul thing. It's not just a, hey, this week we're gonna do something or you know, maybe just for a few weeks. It's like, no, this could go on for quite some time. And then just sort of mentally prepping myself for all right. What's the new cadence for things is more just sort of getting over that hump of trying to predict, you know, how's life going to be in the next few months. So I don't know. Dealing with that at first was the most difficult thing for me. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, before this, I was working at I was working at home like one day a week or two days a week already. For me, it wasn't a big deal. But over time, after those initial months happened, that's when you actually started I think everybody can work on like the project they're working on now, you know what I mean? Like they're like, hey this is the thing I'm doing. This is cool. But, and this will be interesting with games too. It's like when you got your work, you're organizing and finishing it. But when you have to coordinate or brainstorm or do other things, when you're not together, that can sort of be a challenge. Um, And it's like for a while, everybody kind of, we were chatting and doing stuff and we were like, but in our own little cocoon, because you could be and it's a couple months and it's like, this is great. But then after a while, like you start like, June and July and August are just like blurs to me. Right, because right. They, and now exactly. actually, yeah, it's a, we'll get into tips and how we kind of solve that later. But it was really sort of, I mean, cause I'm an introvert mostly by like charge up to me, it's been fine. But then having everybody's personality, having everybody realize how much social time you actually still need, even just right. with your coworkers or just right. 
chatting and talking, not just getting on a meeting to just say, what do you need from me? You know? Right. I think that's an important distinction how you're like, you know, when it first started, it was, it's different from, you know, the first couple months versus right. the last year. It's like or so. first couple months. <laughs> right. It's know? like, Oh yeah, this is vacation. This is like, you know, I'm typically, especially like in engineering world, I think there's often time or in tech world, you know, you're oftentimes you're able to work from home kind of on certain right. projects for a little bit. So it wasn't like too much of a shakeup, but, when they became like a year long endeavor, you're like, okay, there's things I need to change drastically in order to do this. Because I think when I just personally, you know, when I worked from home previously, I would actually like over dedicate. I'd probably work, you know, 10 or plus hours on a project because it's like, hey, let me just get it done, knock it out while I'm at home. But that sort of methodology or kind of work mentality was not sustainable for a long period of time. So I, I'm glad that you kind of pointed that out, like the two different sides of it is like, there's the three or four months versus the, you know, 12 plus months of working from home. Yeah. Cause the first, the first couple of months were the, what everybody's always says they want. Right. right? Where they're like, Oh, thank you. But it also was like, again, it was like a snow day. It was like, I just need a little time away from it. Especially is like when you're programming stuff, it's like, right. I just need a way for everybody talking to me for just a few hours to get this done. Right. And like you said, that's a good point. It's like, I mean, we'll get into some of these tips, but you have to go like, hold on, this is like a marathon. How do I actually, because usually you're totally right. When I'd stay at home, it'd be like, I got to stay at home because nobody can talk to me for 12 hours because I right. have to do this thing. But yeah, now it's like, how do you pace yourself? And how, and that's become, I mean, I know I'm the only one with a kid, but my daughter, 10-year-old, she, that's a huge problem with them because they don't, kids are not good at home work at all. <laughs> <laughs> they need... That's why they walk in lines. That's why they, you know, they <laughs> have a cafeteria foods and tra- they have a very structured thing at school and they just right. fall apart. And she's a great student, but they all fall apart. In, right. Know? And I've, I've heard that this is a very a, a much in the side, but just like how many students have like degraded in performance, I guess, over like working from home because or schooling from home because it's just it's not what they're used to. It's not kind of how they operate right. usually. So. Um, but yeah, you kind of brought up one of the main things and I kind of want to talk about one of those common problems and kind of challenges that people face while working from home, which is the communication. Like, Hey, you said, I don't want to talk to you for a couple hours, you know, so I can get work done. But for me, and and I'll just speak personally, just communication, how it kind of catapulted into a whole new stratosphere of, you know, how we communicate while working from home. Uh, there was just so many more meetings so many more like sinks uh, in which in the beginning, I think, um, which I think is kind of a good thing because we were like over communicate. It mm-hmm. kind of degraded my actual performance or productivity because I was constantly in meetings, constantly, you know, being torn away from my actual you know, program work that I couldn't get work done. So I don't know. Just tell me kind of what your experiences have been uh, with communication. Um. I'll go. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> Ryan and I are waiting for pauses. Um, uh, I mean, related to, related to that is like, yeah, I, I agree because a lot of times when people were at a workplace and you didn't get back to them on an email or you didn't like slack them back or whatever, you'd be like, well, I'm busy. I was out the door. We we're talking in a meeting. Now that's like, I know where you are. You're sitting at your house in front of your desk. Like, <laughs> slack me back. And for pro, I mean, it might work for other people, but programmers, it's like when somebody just asks a request for you or tries to like message you or they'll text, I was like, oh, you know how it is. I mean, you lose 10 minutes and you lost two hours. Like sometimes it's like, oh my God, I can't. That was, that's a, been a big kind of challenge is trying to like corral people. I had to do that with some people. I was like, we're only doing meetings on Mondays and like certain days because like I need a certain days, like try to be meeting free. So at least have right. one day where I can go through stuff, you know? Right. Well, I think you I think you hit on something there, too, about also kind of changing expectations, because like you said, you know, the other person's sitting there at home and like, oh, you're just at home in front of your computer. Why aren't you answering me? Or like, you know, or should I answer this person immediately? Because yeah. I am at home. It's like, well, you know, at first, you know, again, early on, it was probably like, oh, I better do this. So they know I'm working or I'm here. I've got to respond immediately. But if you do that too much, like you said, Andrew, you kind of start switching contexts and you right. don't really get anything done because you've got to like unload reload, deal with this new thing. Um, But yeah, but again, like you don't, you, you know, you don't have to answer everybody immediately and you shouldn't expect everyone to answer immediately, even, even though they are working at home because it's, you know, it's still their personal space and yeah, it's company time. But I mean, you know, just because it's an instantaneous, you know, mode of communication doesn't mean they should, you know, automatically have to jump on it. I don't feel. Yeah. It's weird. It's like, and then you're realizing how everybody works differently. You don't really notice this when you're in the office working together all the time but like 
for me, like I'm a really good multitasker in the sense that I could talk to you. And Ryan knows you guys know this when I play games. I can sit there and have an in-depth conversation and be doing something else if I'm verbally talking. Like I could be going into philosophy and be like playing a game and like I do better when I'm like actually engaged mentally and I'm like, but I cannot and being as good at this skill, I cannot carry on like any kind of chat or like other sort of things and then also be switching back and forth and work. So I start chatting like text wise. I start going, okay, what am I saying? Okay, like I, it's just like it's a different gear for my brain. I don't mind doing it, but then it becomes like I just did that for twenty minutes. What am I doing? Like, and I'm not. I can't switch back and forth. I can do that between verbal, but some people can't do verbal. Like I'll, I'm going to use Zach. I'm going to pick on Zach or old guy because <laughs> I work with him now. He's you know everybody knows who he is. He's somebody that does it verbally. He doesn't. You know he he'll stop talking. He can't talk while he's doing stuff, and he has to stop and all these things. But he'll chat, do stuff. I mean, he, everybody's. My point is, everybody. The kind of communications kind of has to work with everybody's brain. Every, how everybody processes information. And that's something you didn't really get the separation as much as you did back in when we were all there. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have like a, a sort of a threshold for styles of communication? Um, like it's something like just like, hey, I'm just going to do like sort of an IM or Slack for this. But then it kind of gets escalated. Well, maybe I need to jump <laughs> on a call with this guy to like, OK, now we got to have a meeting. You know, there's right. yeah, right. different layers of. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, if, it, if it needs a little quick answer back, that's easy. Once I'm sorry to ask you me to explain something, it's like, let's just jump on a call real quick because I would rather talk to you about this. Right. The minute like, what is this? And like, that their answer is like, what, what do you mean by this? Like, if you had somebody write more than two sentences back to you, I was like, we need to. <laughs> if it's yeah. like the person you're working with directly, not like some formal, you know, interchange. Yeah. If it hits a paragraph, gotta- let's make it a call. And if we need to. And this maybe something else we get into later. But and if we need to start talking about maybe arc, well, at least for me, it's like I had a call Friday. It started talking about architecture. It's like we need some sort of tool to like draw some pictures at this point because right. that's an even another yeah, level. It's like I got to bring a tool into this because I can right. say this all day long, but conceptually, it's just right. bobbling around in our heads, and we need to like solidify it on a screen. Right. So, so this is this is really good, and I think this is the kind of how we want the conversation to flow. Uh, but I kind of want to pause real quick and kind of go back to some of the challenges. Uh, because we were focused there on communication, I think that's a good conversation to have about some of the tools that we're using, i.e. our best practices and tackling communication while remote. Uh, but I just want to tackle so, or talk about some of the other challenges that people, uh, the more common challenges people are experiencing while working from home. And that is, you know, one being communication for sure is like the number one challenge. Two is the social interaction or social activities and or lack thereof. Uh, there's loneliness and isolation is kind of like the number three. Uh, common problem. And I'm looking to the left because I have my notes there. So uh, we also have our setting boundaries, which you kind of spoke to, uh, Andrew and Ryan. Uh, organic interaction, uh, visibility, like or appearing visible while remote. Mm-hmm. Time zone differences is like coming in at like eight, and then finally is just meetings or you know the amount of meetings or lack of meetings uh, is a real problem. Uh, so again, just to go back and kind of frame that as some of the big issues that we're seeing in remote work uh, and starting with communication as our first kind of, how do we best tackle communication issues? And I think Ryan, you were just speaking to some ways that you're kind of addressing communication as it relates to technical issues that you might have. And I, I don't know if you want to keep going on that. I didn't want to interrupt, but just talking no, about fine. some of the solutions on that. Yeah, so that does get kind of interesting because, um, you know, obviously being back in an office with people, like I assume it's a whiteboard at this point. Those are, you know, I, 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 you really see how valuable that just simple piece of technology is or just simple tool to do things and just say, all right, let's just go talk about this real fast. Wham. And like, you know, sketch out some stuff, go through some ideas. But yeah, when again, when you're getting on and a call, even a video call, and just talking to people that you can't do that. Or you can maybe have one in the background, but that's just not going to work great. You know? Yeah. Um, so we've had to like, at, at my job, we've had to find tools and people pass these around on Slack and kind of, you know, some common things they found, like, uh, I think they're like Excaladraw and I, I forget, not SketchUp. I forget the name of another one, but basically these, you know, shared sessions of um, uh, just basically sketching and brainstorming software. So you can, you know, you know, they got predefined tools for making boxes and arrows and all that good stuff. But I mean, I found that's come in very handy just again for trying to communicate <laughs> ideas with somebody and allowing them to draw on the screen too. So, you know, cause that's another thing is you can like share a screen and that's a great one way 
method of doing things. And a lot of times that'll get it done, but sometimes you need to allow the other person to start marking it up. Like, Oh, I thought right. it looked like this. Like, Oh, I see where that gap is. Now you're imagining it to look like a circle. I'm imagining it to look like a cylinder or whatever. Right. And um, you can kind of get that done. And it definitely helps in interviews too. Right. Um, because before we figured out some of those tools, like, you know, how are you going to ask somebody, some of these coding questions until you have maybe like a, a you know, a small test bed to run code, or again, even just something to draw simple shapes. So you can say, describe the architecture of this thing you worked on before, whatever. But um, yeah, I, I think those sort of those tools to sort of lubricate that communication are very helpful and necessary now. And I'm gl glad to see they're getting better. So right. um, some of the first ones I used were kind of like, Ugh, but we found some better ones out there. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I kind of you kind of were talking to interviewing, which I think is a huge kind of conversation to have about, you know, this world of interviewing remotely. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, what about you? What other tools or kind of best practices you've kind of found helping you guys out in communication at VBI? Well, the one thing that I that I they mentioned, because we're like a small team. I mean, it's like four or five feet, you know, they're at different times. But what I found at the beginning, what we were doing is just chatting. And then the problem was like, we'd have a meeting. We'd always have our still, we'd have like a Monday meeting where most everybody on staff say, I'm in meetings all day, but the rest of the team, like developers and artists and stuff, they're not in those meetings. But back then I used to like, you know, I used to, I'd be in like four, three or four meetings a day, go back to the conference room, walk back to my desk, chat with them. You know, I kind of give them a skinny of what's going on or like, yeah, that was about so-and-so. It's just casual. It's not direct. Like they need to know it, but it's like part of, helps everybody's right. kind of general awareness of what's going on. Right. Um, you know, because there we have like different projects coming up or we're looking at something or look, you know, there's ideas. Um, but what I found is if we had that meeting and then if there's no really direct reason to get on, what would happen, it would just go and it'd be Monday and then be like, oh, crap, it's Friday. And I haven't talked to Zach or somebody mm -hmm. the whole week. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't need to, but it's also that's very isolating. Or, I mean, I, for him, I'm fine because I'm like one of those people. I'll just talk to him when I'm fine. <laughs> but he is like, he's a little more, he, he gets a lot of juice out of the social part of being there, talking mm -hmm. and like, you know, um, but everybody does. I mean, that's the thing. After a while, people can only, everybody can only do it so long that as it kind of, it feeds into the culture of just being able to communicate or just right. get on. There's a, something about water cooler chat, just getting on and right. talking about nothing for 10 minutes. And you don't, we, we, you know, back at VBI, we had an open desk thing. So everybody's doing that anyway. Like, oh, did you see that thing? And we're all still working, but we're just chatting, chatting. Right. So what we started doing, long story short, is... is no, it's still long. We had to start doing it for um, a certain project, but we still do it now. Or in general, we just use the Discord room chat mm. and we just get on. Like I made a Discord channel for us just so there wasn't a direct transactional thing. He's like, just get in there. And Zach right. will be in there if he wants to talk, and I'll just jump in if you're available. And like me and Zach and Daniel, people, and we'll just be in there, especially during all the elections that we're in there ranting stuff right. all day, like all these things. But we, and all the time, sometimes we're just silent, but we're just in there working. Right. You know what I mean? And every now and then, it's like somebody brings up something, and it's fine. That's like we kind of found that you have to kind of stim simulate. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is like not intentional conversation. Right. You know, just casual conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I, I really like that idea. And I think that's something that we should recommend to some of the listeners, especially for people with smaller teams, just hopping in Discord chats, because I know at a right. larger team that might not scale. Uh, but Discord is the key, the key, because it's not like you don't have to specifically call somebody and the answer is just like, hey, jump in that room if you guys are ready or if anybody wants to talk. I can see I got, I'll see that when Ryan and Zach are in there playing their game. Like, hey, guys, what are you doing? Like, it's just like a hangout. So I was like, it's the same way you see somebody in the water cooler room. It kind of works that way. Right. It actually, it's pretty good too. That's true. I, I like, I agree, agree. Um, I guess for us, um, I think the, we, the biggest kind of push, we were always using Google Docs, but I think mm -hmm. with remote work, we've just kicked it up to, you know, level 2 billion. Right. Uh, and that Google Docs are used for everything, meeting notes, um, you know, we're just constantly interacting. I think it's a great tool um, and it's free that you could just use and leverage for meeting notes. You could leverage it for, you know, documentation, collaborating on report writing. There's just so many kind of great use cases where you can just get in there and collaborate on a documentation. 
uh, or document uh, for anything. And that's same for like slides or anything that like that. So I think our Google use has escalated. Of course, there's confluence, uh, but I think it's a kind of a, uh, what's an asynchronous communication in that case. But it's just another form of communication I think we've kind of used as our organization is growing. And I think that's a good use case for, you know, large organizations. Um, I think to, to speak to, I guess, game night and well, that maybe is another one to talk about, which is actually the second one, which is well, social communication. But go ahead. Oh, as you said, I just uh, just got me thinking you're talking about um, going back to the Discord thing. Like, how is Discord for large video streams and groups? Because we always we also use a technology WebEx and I'm sure you maybe heard of that or some of you use it. And that's great just for like like we use it for big company meetings where it'd be over 100 people, you yeah. know, and, and that is great for that, but one thing it really stinks at is, like you said, starting that thing up takes forever. It's like, all right, I'm gonna click on this link, and I'm gonna join this, yeah. and I'm gonna wait on this yeah. thing, and it's like it's such a hill to climb to get into the communication portion. Where Discord's awesome, you know, I use it with you guys. I have a D and D group I play with. It's just like, bam, I'm in. I can stream video. We can share video, and it just it's so smooth. And so finding yeah. those type of things, we never use Discord for video. Well, we do sometimes because Zach will be doing something, and you know, he has to show me. He's like, let me show you something. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's okay. You have to do those boosts and stuff. We've never done actually that to me. You can't and make a way better quality but i mean i still think zoom and like web out those things are bigger for larger meetings and real meetings yeah. discord is just i mean yeah it'd be cool if they just had a casual video version of it i guess you can do video in that yeah because we you can do uh our D groups five people all streaming video and then our dm will share his computer screen to show us maps and stuff so, right. so at that scale like so like even for team meetings it would be really good think, but big ones man right and i kind of think though that the audio is part of like the it's not like, hey, I need to get on here and look. It's just like, hey, I'm just turning on the audio and like, we're just talking. I'm probably half the time it's on my phone. And when Alex was at home, my daughter, and she, I was like making her a sandwich and they're talking to me. Like, it's like, it's just sort of like an open chat that you was like, hey guys, I got to go. Like, Zach will run away for a couple hours, come back because he's got the baby now. He's, so he's taking care of his baby and he's like, all right, I got to take care of him for a little bit. I'll be back. And like, it's very, it's just kind of casual and you don't have to jump on. Nobody's mad if you don't like, it's just like, Hey, I need to do stuff. I need to get off the street, you know? So. Cool. I, I guess I, one more thing on communication is, as far as it relates to, you know, inter-team, I think discord is a great solution. Uh, what about like cadence? I think the cadence of communication is another aspect of communication. Um, Cause you mentioned like, going up kind of like a full week without even talking to Zach prior to Discord. Right. What other methods, I guess, Ryan, I think this is to you, just that you've dealt with or kind of are, are working with to increase, the, maybe not increase, but let me just say like manage the cadence of communication where you're feeling connected with your teammates. Yeah, um, that, that's a tough one because I'm the type of person and that, you know, if, if I don't have a meeting or some sort of random encounter with people, then I'll just, I'll just go for days without it. So sometimes I need to, you know, just to refill the social meter, or you know, the tank, you know, if I get on a call with somebody about maybe just a technical problem or something, I'll try to find just, Hey, like, how's it going? Just try to, mm -hmm. you know, talk a little about something other than work. Sort of like that water cooler chat, just cause um, yeah, I'll let myself go for days. So that, that's been kind of a challenge for me is, you know, trying to find a way or reason to, you know, keep communication with people on my team or just at work in general, because I mean, I don't get that lonely, but you say I go three days and don't talk to anyone <laughs> and I'm just sitting there doing code or planning. It's like, Oh, I, I, what am I doing? Like, why am I living life at this point? I got to talk to somebody. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's been tough for me. And I don't know if I have a great answer for that now, except for I try to force myself to just, it's forced me to become a little more, outgoing i'm not a type a person but i've have been trying to do that more now just so i can kind of get that human connection right so i guess one of the questions or why i pose this question is because i think that communication can really break down especially when we start talking like for the ic or individual contributor versus like a manager where you know they have direct reports where they need to kind of have more right. of that communication structure set in place or even like a pm that you know needs to constantly communicate with their team uh, which I imagine you're doing constantly, Andrew. What ways are you like keeping that kind of cadence? Are there ways you're setting up process to kind of make that work better? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. And as you said, I was thinking that's the sort of communication like, okay, 
So let's go. It's like pre-COVID days, PC. <laughs> like when we were all back, it was much easier, especially in an office. If you're like checking in on different teams and talking to people, you just walk up and hey, what's going on? You guys are doing good. Like it's much easier just to talk to them casually and go, hey, how's it going? You know, and they can go, yeah, I'm kind of like working at this. Or you can visibly see people, right. <laughs> like Zach. Zach, <laughs> they're struggling with things sometimes. And I'm like, hey, what is that? You know, and he's like, you know, he's was flipping out and I was like, okay, hold on. Let me look at what you're, but nowadays you're totally right on um, when you're, because email, even texting stuff, especially with somebody who you think sort of your authority, right? It's so transactional and sometimes you don't want to do it unless you really need to do it. So a lot of those problems can easily, easily fall under the crack where it's like, well, I didn't know. I thought I had you know, to do that, but I didn't want to bother you. And it's like, it's been, it's like it's been like three weeks. What have you been doing? It's like we should have been. I'm not saying Zach from this one. But I'm just saying like in general, it's like hey, little problems can kind of balloon. And whereas before you could casually see stuff, you get you know because there's no casual like look over the shoulder online. <laughs> you can't just casually see what people are. You can't working hear them cursing in the corner. Like <laughs> that's so essential I mean, to me. My manager managerial style is very. I it's very familiar. Familiar. I try to be like, hey, what's that? Oh, well, I guess. That looks good, but we're trying, you know what I mean? It's not a very, <laughs> I like, you know, people being comfortable with what we're doing and everybody kind of get into it. Right. So it's, it's not like a formal, formal review process of all these things. So right. it's very hard to just tap somebody on your shoulders. Like that's kind of cool, but let's, so yeah, I mean, what we've tried to start doing, it has been a problem because we've had, we had issues, like, like really had issues with that. So, I mean, in general, those little talks have helped because the more we're just all on with each other, people will mention something and go, right. it's just less, that's been a big thing. And then also we just make sure to check in. Like we've had to just do actual meetings that are weekly or a couple on projects. What I've done is actually include more of them on meetings. They wouldn't normally be on like projects right. sort of things and pull them in so they can cool. get part of it. So that's like, it, it, you have to get more formal with some of that stuff. And also right. you have to go both ways, like double edge. Right. Actually, I agree. Do you, Andrew, do you guys do any sort of like, I just remember this for some of our cadence at work, just because it's my manager doing it and not sort of me, but, uh, we, you know, we have sort of the beginning and end of the week, um, I guess, uh, beginning of the week, sort of a stand up, just sort of like on a Tuesday, catch up and be like, hey, what's going on with everyone? Where are you? How are things going? Maybe look through some tickets. Maybe it's just a quick call to, you know, everybody to check in. And at the end of the week, we do planning for the next week. So Friday. So we kind of have that book into the week so we can right. like synchronize and just make sure some of that stuff you're not, you know, having you're not maybe catching sometimes can maybe get caught when, you know, you're actually going through the tickets in Jira and be like, oh, you're still working on X. So that's been like four days now you know right. i thought that maybe that was a two-day thing do you need some help or what's right. the hang up is there a blocker you know so that type right. of stuff could definitely be you know that sort of cadence can be very helpful yeah we've done, that with, we've done that with our month we have a monday we don't do it on friday by friday three o'clock i'm done <laughs> it's like i'm friday <laughs> but like well i mean everybody sort of kind of scatters and like you know it's very hard to get ours is different we don't have the intense of a team probably as you do but like We've but on our Monday meetings, we had to really look at like how many what hours have we been spending? What are we doing? Who what did they do last week? It's made us get more meticulous because you can't really right over the shoulder manage that anymore. In I, the same way. I think that's kind of what I want to point out as well as you use the word meticulous. And I think kind of adding process to remote work is kind of crucial as far as I mean, it does add more structure for especially for ICs who really just want to stay in their room and just code or do whatever or do work on their work. Uh, process is kind of what really keeps efficiency going. I think especially in, in these projects and bigger companies, even smaller companies is adding in process and like those bookended, uh, you know, standups for us, we do standups. Well, it's optional standups every single day. So if you want, it's almost like the Discord thing. It's like an open room. If you go in at 10 a.m., someone will be there. Uh, and then there's also the process of just, you know, manager to IC is like, hey, I'm going to, or direct report is like, I'm going to check in with you every two weeks. There's, you know, we actually have a recurring meeting on Google Calendar. Uh, it's not no surprise. So it, it takes away that transactional kind of feel because, you know, either way, it's either going to be a casual conversation with some mix in of like what's what's going on in work uh, and you know what's happening, you know, it's going to come. So I think that also makes it feel a little less like just a meeting for meeting's sake. Right. Um, but I think, you know, adding in these processes, I think, is really helpful in kind of structuring your homework, I guess, or work from home. Um, but, yeah, I think that's some of the things that we do is just adding in, you know, recurring meetings, 
mm-hmm. we do stand-ups like Brian mentioned. Um, yeah, and I think those are really helpful and kind of, you know, oh, another thing I kind of want to point out is just, uh, we mentioned just interviewing and, and kind of that process. And I think it's important to have those processes in place, especially when, you know, you're in onboarding new people to your team, because right. if you're not, you don't have those meetings, then they are entering, you know, a void of like, I don't know what to do, who to talk to. Um, so those are really crucial. And one thing yeah. we've done. I'll say, I want to say in general too, like there's always, I'm, I always resent it because I think meetings, I don't know. Again, they're not all created equal. And before this, people were like, there's always this culture of like meetings. We just have too many meetings. Even that Jason Fry, who I like, the base game guy, they're like, shouldn't have as many meetings. Like that's sort of true. Like in the corporate sense, there's corporate, when you get really corporate, I do a lot of meetings and most of them are pretty essential because it's like, let's get down to the bottom as to do that. And what I like about this, it's what it's caused is that most meetings, it sort of helped meetings become more meaningful because it actually, you're in so many that they don't want to, people don't want to do the distracting ones anymore because they're like, I'm tired of Zoom. I don't want to do this. And then when you do have them, they're like, let's get to the point. Let's do this. Let's get, you know, it seems like it's, it's kind of trained us to have more efficient meetings. Right. And I like that you brought up meetings. We could just segue right into that. It's kind of best practices around meetings. And I, you want to talk about some of the ones that you, you kind of just touched on a few, but what specifically you guys are doing to kind of optimize on meeting time. Uh, usually, I mean, I mean, our our uh, PIs, our, our clinicians we work with, and people who work in these grants are partners. Um, she does like she'll put together an agenda usually and go over that with them because this that group is like an academic group and they do really well with like they need to stay on track because they'll go off for hours if they start talking about stuff. And I say, and it's like really just kind of compiling this. It's what it really. I mean, you can boil most of it down to is being prepared more than before because mm-hmm. i remember i worked in a lot of corporate environments and we'd have meetings to remember what the last meeting was about you know what i mean like <laughs> let's meet about that and we'll talk about it again to meet about it then you're like what was his last meeting about and i'll spend 40 minutes remembering what we talked about it's all right let's set up another meeting for two weeks. i was like what are we doing now we have to go like i have these questions i have these things i need to get answered we meet about that that's what we do in our prep meeting we prep for those meetings going what do we need to find out in that meeting so we go in loaded to you know get because if you don't it's i know it's like this before but if you don't people are even busier now so in the past mm-hmm. when it was i know we still did those remotely in the past but that person you're trying to get if we miss something getting back in touch with them was harder because their schedule is more full now so you just have to be more prepared mm-hmm. and make sure you get all your usually from our side questions and you know clarifications lined up right i agree yeah, I think that's the biggest one. I think, yeah, agenda is the key there is just having a, a solid agenda. Another right. one that I think is really important is, you know, so it's actually productive. I think we've had in the beginning, we did have a lot of meetings. Uh, and I thought I think the core content was distilled properly, but mm-hmm. we still left the meeting with like, what what did we just do? Um, yeah. I think do that. I think the thing that remedied that was actually leaving with and writing down action items like, yes. hey, before yes. the meeting ends, what were our actions for this? A, B, and C. And then cool. And then we can go and, and work from that. And without having action items, I think it's it's easy to be like, okay, we had, I feel like we had a great productive conversation, but I'm not sure what, what we're supposed to do next after this. So I think action items are a big one. Yeah, real quick, Ryan, before you go, I don't want to, I was going to mention that's another one thing, real quick, is that action items are another thing. I don't know, just in culture, I, feel, I just think you're fight club every time I hear action items. <laughs> Ryan, you know what I'm talking about? Like it becomes so made fun of. Like that's your action. That's going to be your number one agenda. You know, you're like you can do all these like keywords, but the problem is those keywords are keywords for a reason. They're funny to make fun of because people do use them as buzzwords. And action items is always one that made me laugh. Right. Before now, before I've said in hundreds of meetings, <laughs> go nowhere, and they get out of it, and they're like, I don't know, what do you want me to? It's like I we already. Because people just, again, it goes to that process. They don't get it. It's like, just you got to give them what they're supposed to do out of it. Right. So, so, I just think of Fight Club every time I hear. <laughs> sort of Blue Ribbon Task Force for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you guys on, um, you know, the agendas and planning and something we uh, actually started doing for this release cycle at uh, my office was, um, you know, we'll get we'll get sort of our goals from, you know, the higher ups, like what's the big vision, what we want in this next product release. So that'll drive what the product team is going to actually produce. So we'll kind of have those broad strokes. 
and we'll put those down in Confluence. Say like, you know, here's kind of what we're targeting right now. It's like, okay, cool. And then the engineers, the PM with the engineers assigned to that, say, all right, we'll start thinking about this. Look at it. Write down some notes in Confluence. The questions you're going to have, you know, basically, like somebody said we're creating an agenda or planning this out for how we're going to attack it. So, you know, within our team, we get our game plan together. Say, all right, here's our attack plan now. Where do we need to maybe get sign off or advice or whatever? Who do we need to communicate about this attack plan with this peripheral to our team perchance? Because, you know, like you guys said, there's always those people in the company. They're busier now and they're jumping on and off all these calls. We're only going to have them for these 30 minutes. So we can't like, you know, screw about and just be like, hey, how's it going, Bob? And uh, what about this? What about that? It's like, no, I already looked at this. And here are like my top three concerns. And based on that, what what can, advice can you give us? What feedback can you give us? Do you think this is the way we should attack this as the next like you know action item, like you said? And we'll sort of like you know, and having that plan and going into that and getting those people's input, we'll then update our confluence page with the answer to those questions and sort of the next steps. And then so we'll have and then leaving that meeting, we'll have this nice plan. Okay, cool. We have a much clearer idea of where we're going to go with this. And because um, like you said, if we don't do that, then those people hop off the call and. Um, and now the way we do things, we're very regimented about like, okay, this is a 30 minute call. You know, I got to go. And I think people are easier. They can just get up and leave a call easy. Like in a meeting before you can maybe hold on to them for another 10 or 15 minutes. Now it's like, yeah. Now they're just like, Nope, got to be somewhere else. Boop, you know, right. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, that's all the boss time we got. So right. we're just going to have to guess at this or wait in the next two days to get feedback on that. And hopefully I've got enough to start, but yeah, definitely having, you know, I think it's made us a little more. I'm going to use the word regimented again, but, you know, we've got a little more paperwork to things now, but it's also helping us keep track of things. Yeah. And action items with deadlines, too, is a bigger, another Mm -hmm. important thing, too, because everybody's got to recognize that. And I even though I'm trying to get something organized or something figured out, I still have this tendency to go. It gets towards that end. That meeting's like, all right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's go. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. We'll see you later. Figure it out. A bad manager is the one that we've had all these in the past before where it goes, all right, we'll figure that out later. I mean, there's a difference between saying uh, uh, segmenting and pushing something and really figuring it out later and just going the path of least resistance. Always like, all right, that sounds good. Yeah, we'll look into that. Yeah, sure. So you're going to look in that. Sure. It's not going. If you need like from our case, we need stuff like content from these people. Like we basically work with almost like people that don't know what they want over <laughs> a year. So we need them to go. We need your content for that video. What you want the script to be? What you want these things to say? And, and like our people and our our organizers been really good about going to Andrew. When do you need that from them? Give them a mm-hmm. deadline. Like giving people deadlines that you need stuff from them. Right. It's that feels weird at first, and it feels like yeah, yeah. Just they're working on it. Though, especially in this time, that stuff will slide for months. You need right. to tell them when you need it, and like so they can everybody can be accountable. Just because. You'll never get it. I mean, you know, it's not about being, you know, getting deadlines aren't about people getting in trouble. It's all about us like segmenting our work and like actually focusing. It's not about, you know. I got to follow up on that one. So that one is in relation to your PIs or people that you're working with externally. How are you dealing with deadlines? Same with you, Ryan, too. Like when you do the sprint planning, how are you guys dealing with internal deadlines and kind of holding people accountable on that? I just yell and scream. (laughs) (laughs) i'm held accountable i don't hold too many others accountable really right now but um uh how we do that is i mean we've got right now just like a deadline it's like hey you know release is going to be out in like say seven weeks from now it's like you know we need you to story point and work out what work you think you can get done within that so we don't have like a strict deadline we've got an overall like end goal like it's got to be out by like you know april or whatever um but you know i guess to break it down more we actually story point things and see like you know hey can we meet that april date and if not what can we maybe pare down to hit that date if we really got to have it out by then you know so and again that just goes back to the planning and the you know structuring um trying to plan things out break them down and chop them up and into enough granularity or understanding to where you can say all right yes we can get to that deadline and here's what getting there looks like it's like you'll have four out of five features um if you want to stretch it or push the deadline a little then we can have the fifth um yeah i guess my more I'm global sorry, question. Sorry, my more global question is kind of like, has your planning for deadlines or you know working with deadlines in a remote sense changed at all from how it used to work previously? Ah, uh, no, you know I don't feel like it's changed a whole heck of a lot. Um, right. 
we're still on our same cadence. It's just like how, how we may deal with that, you know, the structure to deal with it and get to it may have changed somewhat like we've been talking about, but I don't know. We still, you know, our, our deadlines really haven't changed. I mean, we went from like three releases a year to two, but that was just more of the scope of the features we were trying to get out and saying like, yeah, three was, you know, too, too many release cycles and let's just pare it down to two. I don't know that it really had so much to do with the, gotcha. I mean, maybe some of it did, but you know, um, we're pretty similar. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. Cool. That makes sense. Sweet. Uh, anything from you, Andrew, as far as like, did your process change at all remotely as far as like? No, I mean, like, again, I think it, I mean, where I, maybe I such a much more casual place for that kind of stuff. But so really once you establish that casual line of connection, again, that was really important. I mean, we do have deadlines, we have stuff going on, but it, making people feel comfortable. The big thing about, and I mentioned this earlier, but it's related to deadlines, which is, but it helps with deadlines and making people feel comfortable about coming to you if something's going wrong and having avenues for the people to like to communicate with you if things are going wrong or they don't agree with something or something's a problem. That's the biggest thing because people don't, it's a lot of path, but there's a lot of resistance to write that email or write that thing, complain about, you know what I mean? Whereas you get another thing in chat with them, like, how's it going? And they're like, I don't, I just don't feel, you can, people can just say, okay. I was like, that doesn't sound like a good, okay. What do you mean? Like they're not going to write that in an email. So that was been right. essential about this because that helps right. for me. Our deadlines are tracking it. You know, I mean that and we have stuff and we have deadlines. We have deadlines and budgeting. That stuff has never changed because we have timelines that are pretty strict as far as grant timelines. But it's more about trying to see those problems or deadlines earlier on that I just can't see now. What I don't, you know, I'm not over their shoulder. Gotcha. Cool. I love it. And I think that's kind of a segue to kind of my next question as far what as... What about like, you, man? Uh, did yours change at all, really? Or? No, it didn't. And I think that's yeah. kind of one of the points I wanted to make. I feel like that part of, of scheduling hasn't changed. I think planning is still planning for the most part. Um, and that hasn't affected. I think the one thing that does affect, though, is when people on your team are influenced by the, the, the current situation, like, uh, you know, Maybe their kids are, you know, they are more are require more attention and they can't devote, you know, an eight hour day or they have to can't even devote oh, a full yeah. four hour day. Maybe it's like a two hour day because their kid is going through something and they have to work with them for something. Or and, you know, there's so many things that have gone, I think, in, in different households that prevent people from even working for a day uh, or multiple days. So I think um Really they important. get COVID, they might even get COVID, and they might be out for X amount of days. Yeah, so, that happened to us too. Yeah. We had a coworker got COVID. Right. So and I'm just like, I think that's like the biggest kind of shakeup to a lot of uh, companies and deadlines and, and planning, and how you plan around that or plan for that, or and what do you do in those situations? Um, but I think a better, not a better conversation, but a different conversation that I kind of want to have is that comfort level that you kind of try to instill in your team and. Basically, the social isolation interaction kind of piece that we want to talk to is what are you guys doing to kind of promote social interaction, make people feel comfortable? Um, we've had a really big conversation within our team multiple times, um, and they've all come up organically, which I want to talk to you next. But the first one is kind of like, how do we kind of build social, um, I guess, comfort level within your team? I think that stuff that doing like, again, like I said, the, the casual conversations, but doing things that people just don't, I mean, they value it now and they understand it, but really unintentional conversations, just stuff that doesn't seem like it matter really matters when you're just talking to people. So we did that not with work, but even with other projects I've worked on. I was working on a project with one of our friends and like we had these other two or three people come on board. This is like a freelance thing that we never even met. Mm -hmm. And we get on, I have weekly, multiple weekly meetings about like deadlines. We're all using, you know, some Jira, everything going. And we started, we started, I'm not doing that project for a different reason, but we had to start going, you know what? We need to have like these little happy hour things where we just get on mm -hmm. for a couple hours on a Friday night. And we did that. And it's like, you're talking about inane stuff. We're talking about WandaVision. We're talking about Mandalore, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But just right. doing that lets everybody... Like right. that's why people go to lunch. Coworkers go to lunch together. They have like right. it's just oh, that, that stuff is essential because it's that, yeah. Sometimes your coworkers aren't your best friends, but they're like it's essential to have that bond a little bit more than you know what I mean. Like that that casual, even just familiar kind of bond. It's like it, it makes it essential. And so you have to force that. You have to make right. them do that or do activities like that. I think. Right. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, the uh, man, that's something I miss. Like our office did that for a little while. It's like with the uh, the happy hours. But I don't know if it's because we've also grown quite a lot over the past year. Um, like, so how you would do a happy hour with like 150 plus people, you know, I don't, I don't know how you do that anymore. Um, but yeah, it's like break it down to maybe at the team level or something. And maybe that's something I'll bring up because that sounds kind of nice because we don't, we don't do a lot of it. The one thing our, we do though is we have like Slack channels for certain interests. And I think that helps out some where it's like, oh, we've got a games chat and an exercise chat and a music, you know, so that way, you know, like you said, it kind of promotes some of these water cooler type of things where all of a sudden somebody's dropping in. Oh, boom! Look, the Star Wars license is up now. You know, people other than you know than EA can start making these games, and all of a sudden, everybody's oh, I love Knights of the Old Republic, and you know, so you kind of just have this nice little aside sometimes where you get to kind of bond with people. Like you said, maybe people I haven't met because they came in during COVID and have never seen anyone face to face in the company, and but at least now I can connect a name with an interest. And like if you know, when when we do get out of this, if I see you know see with the next company meetup, I'll be like, oh hey, you know, Justin, what's up, man? You know, yeah, have you been playing that game? And we already have some common ground to start on. So right, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I like both of those, and I think we we do it at Unity as well. But uh, one thing I did want to talk to was um, we are constantly dealing with brand new sets of people almost at every different project. You know, we're we're working with like the AI team, we're working with you know the asset bundle team or something, you know, we're working with new teams and new people. So one thing that we started doing, or one thing I started doing is before our project even kicks out and we start assigning Jira tickets is we do a kind of just a casual meet and greet and just talk, whether it's for 30 minutes or for an hour or 15 minutes or five minutes, just talking with the other people on your team that you're going to be working with just to get to know them. I think it's a good way to like break the ice and not, you know, Hey, How's your how's work going on on like implementing X, Y or Z? It's not that's not your first conversation with them. It's, it's more like, hey, where are you from? Uh, you know, what games have you do you like? What games have you worked on, et cetera, et cetera. So I think mm-hmm. kind of establishing just a, a core level of like, hey, this is just casual conversation. Get to know me. I get to know you is a good way to set, uh, you know, set the project off on the right foot, I guess, um, because work talk is definitely going to come. So I think it's good to kind of yeah. set some time for that. And um, see somebody as a person and not just a resource. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and related to that, though, like also realize, too, that not just in the kickoff meetings, if you're going to have to be brainstorming, if it's not like just a meeting where, hey, this is what we do, like these are the product, these are the things we're hitting. But, but if it's actually what are we doing? Like if you're making a game with a team. Right. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what we do with like it's like different partners. They don't know what they want. So you have to sort of brainstorm. But for that, you need to actually brainstorming is not supposed to be efficient. Efficiency and brainstorming are different ends of the scale. It's supposed to be, it's not like you schedule that for 30 minutes and you go, all right, we just banged out. Cause that, that, that gets people in there and just start writing down ideas and start, this is what we're doing. So what are we doing? And I was like, no, that's not what we're trying to do here. We just need to actually sit here and I'll talk about this. So to me, like brainstorming should almost be like four times what you think, like, cause you need to kind of force that actual like kind of connection with people and talking about ideas and stuff. Um, that that has always been a challenge, but you have to make sure you. Again, you have to make sure that 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 time is it is scheduled somehow because a lot of times in the past you meet about it, then you guys are walking back to your desk talking about it, then you go to lunch, you kind of chat about it, like it's a ongoing thing. You don't have that anymore. You have to make sure there's like actual carved out space for that because it's right. not every meeting is created the same or supposed to be efficient. Yeah, yeah, and then I just just to be clear about it, mine was like not even brainstorming. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah I just want to make clear. Um, and what was the other thing? Uh, I think Ryan was talking about just uh, I don't remember. Wait, anyway, so we can move channels on. of communication, common interest, and well, I mean, oh, 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 I guess one thing I did want to say. Sorry, did you want to go? I was um, just going to say that when people do some of those like activity things, some of that stuff, they like actually. Also, make sure you just have time where you're doing nothing. Just have a happy hour because a lot of the time, there's like it's like people having a real party, and then you want to go and they want to play 800 board games. Like, let's just talk. Let's just kind of just chill. <laughs> right. It's like because if it's all just if it's all coordinated, then what are we doing? Right. We're just right. It's another meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just real guys. Let's do that. Cool. And one thing I wanted to highlight, uh, especially with just making feel people feel uncomfortable. Uh, I remember Ryan was talking about just talking with someone in a similar games channel or, you know, oh, yeah. Star Wars channel. But uh, before <laughs> before that, before you even like meet them in the channel, one thing that we've done is like after someone is like enters the company 
is we schedule a one-on-one with them, you know, with people, mm-hmm. different people on the team um, to, to there's, I think there's opposite sides of this. One side is like, they have a lot of meetings now. The other yeah, side is like, hard. they get to meet some people on the team, which I think is also good because outside of that, you're kind of walking into this void. And I think that's part of the, the, this question that I wanted to ask is like, how, cause culture has changed. Like your company culture or team culture unfortunately did change when you move to remote work. It's not the same. Like you said, you can't have those water cooler conversations. So how are you like maintaining a good company culture or team culture in this remote way? And, and I think for us, it's one of the ways is keeping those one-on-ones happening and having those conversations outside of work, not about anything related to work um, and making that a process. Yeah, that's, that's going to be pretty important. And I sometimes wonder like, like how good are some companies doing that? Cause, and I'm hoping our company's doing that fairly well, but is when people are brought on during the pandemic, you know, that becomes super important. And so they're not just, like you said, sitting around in a void and just getting these little pings from people here and there, just sort of asking for work or questions. And you're like, well, what's going on here? So um, yeah, how you do that effectively? I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping our company does well <laughs> that are just people are doing well with that in general. Cause I can imagine starting at a new place during a pandemic and, you know, like you say, having to integrate into a culture with this sort of like, almost like looking through a straw sometimes like, Oh, I can kind of see stuff here and there, but I don't have the big picture yet. So. Right. Yeah, I appreciate I, that you're wearing our debug log shirt, by the way, I just noticed. <laughs> Sorry, are you saying Andrew? I can say that, like, I think um, we're visual now, man. Come on. <laughs> I have a sticker <laughs> um, that I that's oh my god, what are we talking about? We I don't know. Up. I just derailed us. Yeah, um, you just derailed me. We're talking about uh, starting a job maybe during COVID. Hey, that's, sorry, that's what I was gonna say. That's got to be the craziest thing because one, there's so much. I mean, I don't have any personal experience. I just want to talk about this for a second. They, they, one, it's like unlimited possibilities, right? But you could be, I mean, it depends on how a company's handling that, but you could be here and apply for a job. It's in Seattle and just like, well, we're not going to be in the office for the next year. So it doesn't matter. You can still be in Atlanta. I don't mean, and maybe from now on, right? Maybe that's just how we have our teams from now on. It doesn't matter. So the possibilities of building a team now are really kind of cool, especially for your game or like people out there working, looking for work. If you guys are indie game people listen to this and want to do stuff with, you know, collaborators. But God, that's got to be hard coming onto a team. Like, I mean, that's what we do. I mean, that's what we did at VBI. You take some out the first day for lunch. I, all that stuff. I mean, again, yeah, we're going right. to keep harping on this. It's like going to lunch matters with your team. So right. Doing that kind of stuff. Because you can feel it when you used to, but even in the old days when you were like busy for a while, you didn't get to do that or socialize for a while. Like, Obi and I would do that when, not when you, like, we'd have to, like, we need to go there and talk to the artists for a little bit. You know what I mean? You right. kind of feel that, feel like I'm disconnecting from everybody because I've been busy. It wasn't like you're doing something wrong. But it's like right. if you don't have that kind of connection, so I don't. It, that's that's crazy to me how you make right. it. I don't know how you. And the possibilities are endless, but now I don't know how you kind of assimilate into a culture because right. you know. Right. So it's so many. I've heard it so often that like new people come on, and when, when we're doing these one-on-one co- conversations, and then it's like a month or two in, and then I check back in with them. They're like, "It's funny. It's crazy that I've never even seen the office." I'm like, "Wow, I, I live in the office. It's crazy." that you've never even seen or know where it is in the city, you know, which is kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. So we're almost at time, but I kind of want to have one more conversation. And this is kind of a big conversation that's kind of circulated within my team for a couple of times, like for a while now. And that is the question of, I feel like we're kind of getting away from the uh, agenda. But anyway, how how you kind of uh, kind of what's the quantify and kind of qualify value as a uh, individual con- contributor to your, whether it's a customer or uh, to the company or to your team, because I feel like in remote work, it's oftentimes, I think it might be easier when you have a task and you have a deadline and then you can kind of meet those tasks easily. But when there's kind of more open-ended questions for you to ask, maybe it's a brainstorming session or like figuring out um I guess for us, it could be like optimizing a game or something like that, um, where it's, it's kind of a harder target to kind of pinpoint. And it's not like a task based thing. Um, 
Doesn't can be. But anyway, my point is like how you kind of qualify and quantify value that you're bringing to a team, because I feel like it's easy for people to see your value when there's visibility around you. When you they see you working in Visual Studio, yeah. you're seeing you creating a model. So you're saying how do you how do you show that to your to, to your, your team or to your Because basically there's you don't have someone over your shoulder like anymore to see that you're right. working. That's true. And like even like small issues, like say, Ryan, you run into a bug, like a threading bug, and it takes you a week to figure it out. Or maybe you can't figure it out because you need, you know, and there might be something. Never happens. Always. It never happens, of course. I'm saying there's an issue where it takes a long time to get to your task, actually. Uh, And people don't see that you're running into issues with threading or uh, that your editors keeps crashing or you're running out of space on your hard drive and, and something, you know, it takes so long to import a project or something like that. And that time has to be accounted for. And it's hard to account for when you don't, you know, when you're not around. So I'm wondering how, how you kind of are, are kind of wrestling with that and, and showing that you're bringing value or, you know, you're still working hard essentially. Yeah. That, that is a little tough because, I mean, like you said, if you want to quantify something, you've got systems like Jira and ticketing to where if you want to like really put raw numbers on it, it's like, you know, I got X amount of story points done in this week or I got the X features done. And, you know, here I can kind of, you know, give you that. Um, and even like uh, what we do sometimes is have maybe an occasional showcase for a new feature. If it's in a presentable state, maybe not quite fully baked, but you could mm-hmm. maybe have a company or a team meeting say, hey, this is what this is going to kind of look like. Feedback. Hey, isn't this cool? What do you think type of thing? So that very much puts you in front of people and kind of shows that. But it does kind of get a little harder when, like you're saying, these sort of more day to day or things go a little askew from the norm where actually in the past week I was having this issue where it's like I was trying to debug something I kind of knew maybe what was going on or how to recreate it, but it was in containers, like in Kubernetes containers or whatever, instead of just on like the raw metal of my machine. And so uh, that was sort of my fight for a few, a couple of days is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn this new Kubernetes way of doing things versus just the old way I was doing it. And it's great because I'm learning and I've got all this knowledge now sinking into my head to now use this new technology and then transfer that knowledge if somebody else runs into it. But that's, that's harder to, you know, that's harder to quantify because that wasn't in the ticket. That was the ticket was just, hey, you know, alarms are set off if disk space runs out and then the message bus fails, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, okay, well, I can, I can deal with that. But then the amount of work and effort and learning that went into that is much harder to pin down. And, right. um, and that's, I think, something that just, you know, again, keeping up these lines of communication really becomes important. Like I'll reach out to the guy who maybe implemented our, our Kubernetes um solution and he'll he'll show me kind of how it, it works and then maybe i'll get on a call with him and my pm and say hey we're trying to work this out you know here's what it looks like here here's what it looks like there and um yeah that, that's very much tougher because all of a sudden you see something that says like oh well wouldn't that have just taken you two three days and now it's at a week and a half it's like yeah but i had to fight all this other stuff too and if you don't right. believe me talk to this guy <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know how crazy it is uh yeah so it's, it's definitely tougher when they can't just see you there or like you know right. you're not checking in right and I, I think that's a, a good point at the very end where you're like don't believe me check on this guy and i think there are cases when that you can't do that you know you can't point mm-hmm. to somewhere and say hey check with this person uh, and I kind of you kind of mentioned Zach earlier, like there was a week that you hadn't talked to him. You're like, oh, well, what you been working on? And and it's like, right. you know, if we can't say, you know, ask, you know, X, Y or Z person, then, you know, who can we how do we hold him accountable? Or how can he kind of defend his work? Ethic? Well, how can you make better? too? I mean, if somebody's struggling through things and you don't know what they're doing. That's the one place you're supposed to make them help them. You know, right. it's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You should have done this. And they're like, oh, cool. Or it's actually up or like you're saying, Ryan, it's an actual issue. Because mm-hmm. part of me, the first part of me also says to people listening to this as programmers, it's like give up, take, give up the idea of getting any credit for the battles you fight. There's so many wars. Like the effort of mental yeah. strain, it's the hours. The time is what only people pay attention to. So you have to let go of that sometimes because it's like it could have been an hour, but I was like I was in there in the trenches shooting. Like it's like I'm fried because I had to go through this whole thing, and they're like, oh, you fix that? I'm like. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, Does it so work? I, yes. I was like, one, come to peace with that in your heart. <laughs> but two, what you said is totally right, Ryan. It's like you have to just be transparent and try yeah. to get them to talk about it as much because part of that is talking about it. But also don't talk about it. Here's a pro tip. Pro tip. And I've told this to Zach. And this is, I'm telling you, this is a really good tip for people that are junior program stuff. Make sure you're transparent about your problems with people, even your superiors or people that are senior to you. 
don't phrase it like you're complaining about it. Don't phrase it like it's a not like phrase it like I'm working on it and I'm figuring out I'm going to get it. I'm telling you this as a thing because people tend to this is like a millennial issue where like people tend to judge like, but I had this issue and now it's your issue because I just threw it on you. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. That's I do think it's a generational thing. And when you do that so many times to a senior person, you they get. So like it, it becomes and now in these times more than ever, people don't want you to throw their problems. Like you got to go and figure stuff out. Tell me what's going on. Tell me how you're doing. Like I'm struggling with these battles, but you know what? I'm going to get it. I feel like I'm going to get it soon. And if you don't, yeah. it's like, I could get it. But it's yeah. not a complaint. It's like a, just I'm being transparent. I don't know. I really don't know this part. Maybe you can help me. And that's yeah, and that's a two way street too for like any of any of the senior people who may have to field those questions and never right. never feel like they're we're wasting your time or taking your time or your time so precious. You know, why are they asking? You know, because I'll be I'll be on with some people like on a Slack call. Like, oh, like, oh yeah, I don't want to take your time. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, if you're having issues, reach out because if we spend like twenty minutes of my time getting you two hours ahead, you know, you're not just sitting there banging your head for a few hours. That's totally worth it for everyone. You know, you learn something, we, we get sped up, you get unblocked. You know, I have some communication with you now, see where you're coming from, how you work, and can maybe help with that later. You know, it's like again, just open the lines of communication, and you know, and you know, from the senior person being asked, you know, make right. them feel comfortable to ask those questions because. Oh, you're just going to make it worse if you make it uncomfortable. Like, well, what's taking you so long? Or why is this my problem now? Then all of a sudden, they'll just be more hesitant to contact you in the future, thereby maybe increasing the time it takes something yeah. to get done. And it just drags everyone's productivity down. Yes, but I do think for junior people need to hear, they need to come at it with, here's what I've done. This is what I think is the problem. This is what I thought was the problem. Like, come at it with a narrative of a True. solution. Don't just go, I can't do this. I don't know what this is because that's happened. That's having a plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah. what did you do? Like, I've seen you, Ryan, you help people debug stuff. You're like, tell me what you walked through, what you did. Because if you don't do that, I'm going to have to do all your work because I'm going to have to do that yeah. now. So it's like, just come at it with a solution or with your narrative. And then, but that, but yeah, related to all that, like you said, it's just being open and transparent, more constantly being more vigilant about that than you had to back right. before. Totally. Cool. Sweet. Um, that sounds good. I think we're, approaching in time we didn't get to a lot well, we just, i mean really? i can keep talking if you guys want to i mean um okay we're, no, i just said we're approaching the end times <laughs> like, what, yeah. what where's that time oh. I, I know i know i know being you have a strict one hour limit for these but so um. <laughs> yeah i think for the first time they're seeing our faces we should keep it to an hour but uh i think just i do want to i do want to touch on can we do one more just one more yeah, for sure for sure yeah, um, I like because this one I think is a big one uh, is like the, the focus on your health one is the, the medical, uh, mental, physical and emotional. That's so important because I mean, and we kind of touched on some of this throughout the episode, uh, you know, but it's a lot harder to maybe realize when you, you do need to like say to reach out and talk to somebody or just get up away from your chair and unplug from work. Um, I know that's helped me a lot just having at least some semblance of a routine for that. Like I said, maybe try to talk to somebody about something non-work related at the office, or uh, I take a walk every day, just like, uh, like just after lunch, like I may, you know, have a quick lunch and then say, all right, I'm just going to go on a 20 minute, 30 minute walk or something just to unplug, listen to an audio book, get out of my stinking apartment for a little while and then come back. Um, I, I think it's become super important now because otherwise, if you don't have that way to break things up or try to like, focus on that it just gets miserable i feel like um man we should do this again or maybe restructure a little bit because if you want to put that as a, like to be continued then we <laughs> we should for no, no no we can still have a conversation but just saying that there's a lot of tips that we've written in this outline that i think really kind of hone in on the best practices piece um like taking a walk and i especially mental health in this time i think is critically important i think it can't be overstated, like taking time to, you know, revitalize and stabilize your own mental health, um, regardless of where you are, uh, whether you feel like you're a um, mental, I guess, yogi. I think just spending time to still like focus on yourself and take time away from work, uh, whether that's walking or exercising or just talking to a therapist even. Uh, is helpful in this remote time or in this particular time. Um, also, making sure I'll add one real quick. It's also spending time and doing stuff because everybody is kind of has to be attached to things. Even your kids, it's like making sure everybody gets off. Like having not not. 
I always I don't like to say no screen time because I think watching a movie with like Alex or somebody or your family is like not the same. Screen time is not created equal. If you guys are having fun or playing a game, you know, that's not screen time. That's together time. But yeah. getting away from the things or getting away from separated, they're talking to friends, they're doing their score, like and like really making it because what can happen in these days, they roll into five to six. I'm on a meeting. Alex has got on her thing. Now she's talking to her friends because she didn't get to see her friends. So and then you feel bad. And you're like, well, you can be on there. Then it's like dinner. But it's so late. It's, you run out of time in a day and you're not actually sitting down and just doing right. stuff. It's like, so making that, like you said, for that, but also for friends and family, all that stuff outside of work is the bigger thing. Because all these things we mentioned for the workplace, you got to do that with your family too. Right. Because you don't, a lot of times you don't see your family. So you got to make regular meetings and zoom things with your family too man that's a this is a yeah. whole other conversation yeah. <laughs> that i feel like that needs to happen like just even co i think we writ, wrote in or brian wrote down the cohabitating i think that conversation in and of itself can span you know another 30 45 minute conversation by our program then <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i, I feel like i want to hear more about like how it is living with and working with, you know, your child and kind of right. working through working from home and working and schooling from home is another uh, big, big kind of avenue and, and thing to talk about. Um, but, yeah, I think we should pause it and, and kind of have this conversation later with some of the other big, big ticket items because we've missed a lot. Uh, but, yeah, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back. Cool. And we're back. So, yeah, this was our very first video show so if you're listening to this on spotify apple etc etc hop over to our website and check it out on video smash the subscribe button i'm out i'm done with this video is a bad idea <laughs> no, it's a great idea right <laughs> cool anyway if you, you want to continue this this joy and this fun you can always catch us on facebook or Discord, um, just go to our website, thedebuglog.com, and you'll see a link to the Discord. You'll see a link to our Facebook group, which is called the Debug Lounge. So check that out. Uh, Andrew, you want to talk about anything else? Anything else? We have Patreon. We don't have any rewards. So if you feel like you're a billionaire and you want to give us some money, <laughs> then do it. <laughs> Patreon.com slash the debuglog. One day long, we'll have some cool stuff in there. I was going right. to say the Discord, there's real cool stuff. Even though I don't talk that much, I see everything posted. Um, people started to post cool projects of their own in there. It was really cool. So, um, pretty cool. Check it out. Yeah. Tax for season, tax season's here. Tax returns are coming. So if you have extra a hundred, two hundred dollars, want to hey, sign it over to us. Checks. Come on. See, exactly. Cool. Anyway, uh, you can catch me on Instagram or Twitter at O beans. O with an H beans with a Z. I'm on Twitter at Andrew underscore Curry. That's C U R R I E. And I'm on Twitter as R E Kilgore. K-I-L-L-G-O-R-E. It's right. Actually, it's right there. It's, it's, it's going to be on the video stream now. Oh, you just yeah. make that my Twitter. Oh, just, like, just Yeah, just make it like at. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Cool. The more you know. All right. Cheers. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>